Nehemiah of Amos chapter 1. I'll ask you to silence your phones and limit the conversation. But um, here in uh, Amos chapter 1, do you have it? He's one of those that is called the minor prophet, the minor prophets by us. I'm not sure they're going to like that when we get to heaven. It's like, oh, are you one of the minor guys? It's just, it just means that their prophecies were short. <laughs> it doesn't mean that they were minor in their importance. But that's what we call them. There's 12 of them. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 1. Now, try to, try to stay with me here. Remember, we're, we're, we're going into Bible, Bible literature. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> let's start with verse Three. He's going to talk to Damascus. He's going to talk to Syria, which, which is an important passage in the scriptures. Verse 3. Thus saith the Lord for how many transgressions? Three. For three transgressions. You see that? Of Damascus. And for? Four. It's like he forgot something, right? Okay, he says, you, I got three problems with you. And then he goes, mm, no, let me add one. Four. Okay, it's a, it's a way of speaking. God did not forget. He didn't all of a sudden remember something. He is emphasizing something. Now, what does it say in a different translation? I got, I got, um, I got King James. What, if you guys have a different one, tell me, how does it say it in verse 3? For three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not revoke the punishment. So we're all in the same phase there? Is, is, is he going? In Spanish, it goes... For three transgressions, yet, it says yet for four. So it uses a different, but, but it's, it's, it's telling you something by the way he's saying it. God could have said, I got four problems with you. He knew it when he was writing it. But that's not what, the way he came at it. It, it. it is a way, teachers will know this, students of literature will know this, it's a way of emphasizing something and there is a name for it, but I'm discovering that if I say those names a lot, they kind of distract for, for, from the principle itself. So, so there's a name for this. It's a, it's a literature type of weapon that you use to emphasize something. And the, and the Lord will use it in all over the scriptures. But I'm going to concentrate on this one prophet because God used an obscure prophet from the middle of nowhere that not a lot of people know to get into this literature and put it this way. This is the weapon he used to preach. This was his thing, Amos. Let's do it again. Verse 3. Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Damascus and for four. I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have threshed Gilead with instruments of iron. And I will send a fire into the house of Hazel which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadad. I will break also the, the bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the plain of Eben, Aven, and him that holdeth the scepter in the house of Eden. And the people of Syria shall go into captivity and to curse, says the Lord. Listen to verse 6. He's going to do it again. Verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, for how many? Three. Three transgressions of Gaza and for... You see that? He's using it again. It is the way God has given it to him. For three, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, I forgot. Let me add another one there. Four, but I know he didn't forget. I know it is 
the weapon that God is using to emphasize something because he just strode it and he cannot be that forgetful. He can't keep saying, you know, let me do that. I always laugh when I read this one as a baby boy. I said, this must have been my mother where my mother got this. You know, my mother was funny because there's six of us, right? And she will start with, I mean, if you want to come after me, she will say all of my brother's name first. Abias, Ronnie. And then he'll get to me, ask her. I'll be like, well, he said other name. Maybe it's not me, but it was me. Usually. <laughs> so that's not what is happening here, though. God is using that way to emphasize something. So he did it again with <clears throat> in chapter 6 when he's talking to the, to the uh, Philistines, right? He's saying, for yet for four, okay? And he goes on to explain. Now, verse 9, verse 9. Thus saith the Lord, for how many? Three translations of Tyrus, and for four. You see it again? It is a literature weapon. It is something that God is using in so many instances here. Go to verse 11, verse 11. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom, and for four. And so, he will continue to do it even as he gets to Israel. He started out with them out there, but then he got to the Israelites and he come, He kept on doing it. Let's go to the next chapter, verse 1. <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Moab and for four. <clears throat> verse 4. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four. See, now he's talking to Israel, the Judahites. Let's read that one. Verse 4. And I say the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. And their lies caused them to err after which their fathers have walked. And I will send fire upon Judah and he will devour the palaces of Jerusalem. And he goes on to say, <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Israel and for four. He's saying, I apply to the world that law of judgment, but I will apply it to you also. I will not make a difference in the way I come at you because you know better. And he makes mention of the word of God. Let me, let me read it to you <clears throat> again as he's gone for, for Judah. Verse 4, Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have despised the law of the Lord. That means they did not love the word of God, and not only that, they despised it. They didn't want it, and have not kept his commandments, had no desire to do the commandments of the Lord, and their lies caused them to err. That means their preachers and their prophets, they lie to each other and lie to the congregation and lead people astray. Let's pray. Danny. Lord, thank you so much for your words. Thank you for your wisdom. Lord, I just again pray that you would just post your holy angels around um, Oscar, Lord, um, that you would protect him as your Holy Spirit guides him and directs him in, in your words today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I think I already convinced you that this is God doing a certain way of things, of how he speaks. 
One of the things that I said when I, when I began speaking this very morning is that, is that God finds different ways to talk to different people, but we can learn from different aspects of, of, of the scriptures. And here, God also wants you to understand that there is a way in which he is teaching something to all of the nations through the prophet Amos. Amos would have been an English teacher if he, was, if he would have been here an American guy. Because when you read about him, <laughs> says an English teacher, amen, over here. Uh, what, 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 what you read about him right there, you find all the nuances that are very powerful in the way he uses language. And, and, uh, but here, the Lord has given him something profound. And I read and reread the Israelite one and the Judah one because, because I'm speaking to Christians for the most part. But this is something that you have to grasp in the concepts that you go with him. God was actually using the language itself for us to learn something. The way, the system that he used. This is how he says it. Take it as a, as a father or a mother. You are, you know, you're looking at your mom and your mom says, you know what? You did three things while I was gone. Three. And you think, oh no, okay. I, it was about 10, but eh, you know, she's got three. At least she did not realize the other stuff that I did. And, and she turns around, she's grabbing the belt. This is what this one's my experience. And then turn around and said, no, you know what? No, four. Well, maybe she forgot and she found one out. But after she did it three, four, or five times, I already figured out, mm-mm, I know what the fourth sin is. I know what that fourth sin is. He's telling me, you got three that are like major. But that fourth one is because you refuse to stop. I got a long list. I'm just going to mention three to you. And when he turns around and comes back at you, he says, yet four. He means you're still going at it. He means the list is still being added. It means you are unrepented. Even as I speak to you. When he comes at me and he says, Oscar, I got three problems with you. I immediately will say, wow, that's good. I'm doing good. Because if you only have three problems with me, I'm in good place here. Because I got a lot more problems than that. And then as I'm trying to deal with those three, he said, yet four. There goes my whole confidence. I know then that he is saying, I have to add to this list, Oscar, because you're not slowing down. And I've already told you where not to go. And these sins right here are not just sins. They are direction. They are a lifestyle. There's something that you're doing that is leading you astray from me. And I will tell you something. The first sin means God is paying attention to your direction. When he comes to a church and he says, church, I got three problems with you. And he lists those problems. And then he says, yet four. He is telling you the list is long and you're going in the wrong direction. You're going to find yourself away from God with a building full of people but no Christ. With a, with a pulpit full of preaching without the anointing. With a people who do not understand the gospel because you got the four sin. Yet the fourth. God could have said four, but he didn't have to. He said, I got me three, and I'm going to tell you about a fourth one. The fourth one, I'm not even going to write it down there. You just got to know that the direction of your life is wrong. 
that you keep adding to the sins of your life. And yet he says, this is what's going to bring destruction. Sinfulness then, brothers. Sinfulness and struggles are, are, are part of the human experience. And I'm not excusing that. We have to keep on fighting and asking God to cleanse us. But I got to tell you something. When God begins to judge his judgment, he doesn't judge you because you did this or you did that. He judges you overall because there are some things that you refuse to let go and some things that are dragging you and there is a forced sin somewhere in your life. Meaning you have decided that your direction does not need the direction of God. This is what he told Israel. For four sins or for three sins and yet four. And he mentioned only three to them. He said, because you despise the word of God. And because you refuse to do my commandments. And because you walk away in, in your transgressions from the Lord. That's the ones he gave him. He gave him three. Why did he mention four? Why did he mention four? Because he was saying, you are not changing. Many of you guys have come to me as we wrestle with the scriptures together. I'm reminded of a pastor who, who, who is very beloved by me. Who I preach in his church many times. And I remember... One time he got up behind after me and he clapped and he said, that's wonderful, brother Oscar, that's wonderful. You know, God uses you. And he clapped to the church and said, this is powerful, people. And there were tears in their eyes. And then he dropped the bomb. He said, but it's not working. And all of us were sitting. I mean, it's like, ah, it's like, huh? <laughs> and, and he said, he comes and he preaches and we all cry and say, but we get up and keep on going in the same direction we're going. I got three problems with you, yet four. That fourth sin should stop you on your track. It should, it should make you fear and tremble because God is saying, I was with you up to the third one, on the fourth one. It doesn't mean he has a number. He, it means he knows your direction, the intents of your heart, the, uh, the inability to obey the scripture, the despising of the word of God, the inability to understand he's using a literal turn to teach you direction and teach you more than that that you keep on adding to the same problem that you started out with i don't have time to tell you but he uses this in the positive also he will he will he will tell you these things that's why god when he's talking to people many times he talks in generational and he talks to three he says he's the god of abraham and the god of isaac and the god of jacob and I'm like, yeah, I already knew that, God. Of course, three generations. But what is he talking about? He is saying, you set yourself in the right direction. Because your father, Abraham, followed after God with everything that he had. And then Isaac followed after God with everything that he had. And then Jacob did. And from that, we got the 12 tribes. And from that, we got David. And from that, we got Jesus. You have to set direction, brother. You have to set direction, sister. And when there are problems in your life, don't accept them. Don't live with them. Don't say, well, I'm just, I'm just me. You know, this is the way I am. No, fight it. Fight it with everything you have. Lean, lean upon the Lord. You fall on your face and say, God, help me. This is why Jesus walks up to a man like Judas and says, whatever you're going to do. Remember what he told him. Do it quickly. He's saying, I know the direction you have. You have been with me for three years. You have heard the sermon on the mountain. You have been used to heal people. 
You have cast out demons. You have done all kinds of powerful things. And yet your heart is gone in the wrong day. The Lord would have told him for three sins, Judah, for three sins, Judas, yet go for it. For in the three years you sat with me listening to the word of the master, not to a preacher, but the perfect master, the son of God. You sat under him for three years. And the Lord would have said for three sins, Judas, because you're a thief and you refuse. You kept stealing because you're a pretender. Because you said, oh, we should have sold that and, and, and give it to the poor. When I know. That what you wanted is that didn't come into the purse. But where's my cock? The Bible says that that was his problem. And when he got to his three or third sin, he would have said, I got three problems with you. No, you know what? No, I got four. Because you're still going in the same direction. It comes to a place then that God says, where is your direction? The fourth sin in the scriptures. Please don't start counting your sins. You, you run out of those a long time ago. So did I. But, but it means this, that God looks at your life and he says, we keep having this problem and there are some things that keep biting at you. And then he says, but I can fix it. You can come to me. We can make it happen. But judgment comes this way. He said, Philistines, Moabites, Ammonites, Judahites, Israelites, three sins and yet four and judgment comes. God bless you. Amen.